0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Right now, Australian gas exporters are making massive profits off the back of the world's energy crisis. And as they ship the precious resource offshore, they're also charging more at home, leading to a huge spike in our energy bills that's fueling the soaring cost of living. Today, business editor Ian Verinder on why the government won't take on the energy giants to level the playing field. Ian Verinder, you've been writing this week about George Bernard Shaw, the Irish playwright.
1: Have you all come to see me, ladies and gentlemen?
0: Well, why have, have you been, been writing about him? Uh, Well, Sam,
1: because he came up with a great uh, line, which essentially was that uh, there's no question more difficult to answer than where the answer is absolutely obvious. Mm -hmm. And it would appear that the federal government is in this situation where, you know, there's an obvious plan and answer to a lot of our problems um, that they just don't really want to engage with because they just find it all a bit too difficult.
0: So, Ian, what is it? What is the obvious answer?
1: If you think about the inflation problem that put the global economy into into dire straits, it's really about energy, and in particular it's about gas. Natural gas, or methane, is a resource
0: used around the world to generate electricity, cook our food, heat
1: our... Ever since... Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, and Europe, of course, relies heavily on Russian gas. That gas has been, well, they've been threatening to cut it off, they've been curtailing supplies, there've been disruptions to pipelines. It's all had the impact, the effect of pushing up energy prices, and in particular gas. Gas is the fuel that is the last component in uh, generating electricity. And when our renewables uh, don't, uh, you know, can't, don't come up to speed with producing enough electricity and when our coal fired generators uh, are out of action or can't, can't uh, cope with the demand, gas kicks in at the end. It's very convenient because you can just press a button and it comes on, unlike coal, which takes weeks to fire up. But because it is that final component, it becomes what's known as the marginal cost in producing electricity. And because prices have just dramatically increased this year, that's the reason, one of the big reasons behind our spike in electricity prices. Now, across a lot of the country they rose by 20% last year and there are forecasts that they could rise by as much as 35% next year. Chief
0: Executive of one of Australia's major energy companies, Alinta, has made a dire prediction that without government intervention, energy prices will rise a staggering 35% next year. Oh my gosh. So hang on, that would be a, what, 55% rise in the cost of electricity of our energy bills?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's massive, isn't it? It's huge. I mean, it's energy that is driving up the cost of pretty much everything. You know, everything we consume has an energy component to it, whether it's food, services. And so if you've got a spike in, in uh, electricity prices, that pushes up the price of goods and services. And the, the reason why the Reserve Bank is raising interest rates at the moment is to try and rein in those, those runaway prices. So if we didn't have that energy cost spike, we wouldn't see the inflation that's going through the economy and we wouldn't be subjected to the in- incredible speed at which the Reserve Bank is raising interest rates at the moment. We would be in a unique position in the world where we were immune to a lot of those ills that are, that are you know, coursing through the global economy.
0: But gas, on gas, I mean, Australia's in a fantastic position, isn't it? We've got heaps of gas, of heaps of supply. We're in a much better position, aren't we, than nations in Europe that are really struggling at the moment in terms of energy. How is it that gas is one of our biggest problems.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really quite bizarre when you think about it. We have probably as much or more natural gas uh, resources available to us than any other country in the world. We should be immune from a lot of these inflation problems. Mm. Now, why are we in this situation? I mean, you think about it, we are the world's biggest exporter of LNG. That's liquefied natural gas. The problem is that we're sending more, and we have been until this year at least, we've been sending more of that gas offshore than is is available for the domestic market, Mm. particularly on the East Coast. The West Coast is a slightly different situation because the West Australian government wisely decided uh, quite a few years ago to reserve uh, a large portion of its gas for domestic use. Gas prices over in the West are much, much cheaper than they are on the East Coast. In
0: WA, where the state government mandates that 15% of gas be set aside for domestic use, gas is $5.5 a gigajoule. It's almost eight times more expensive elsewhere in Australia. We've got so much gas here that, in fact, we could almost be immune from this energy crisis that is gripping the world, but we're not because the Big energy giants are exporting too much.
1: They are. Look, there was a uh, an A Triple C report put out just a few months ago, which uh, noted that uh, next year, in particular, we would see severe shortages of gas on the east coast, which would uh, be really create put domestic energy use at risk. And that was the that's the terminology used by the competition regulator. The A recommending the government intervene in the energy They're market, also warning that because of this supply pressure, prices could increase to a point where many industry groups and big businesses decide that it's no longer worth business as usual. It's it's quite an incredible situation. Now, why have they been doing this? Well, clearly there are enormous profits to be made mm. with uh, you know soaring gas prices globally, and that of course they. Those prices have flowed through into the domestic market. So Australian domestic users are paying as much And in some cases in the past, they've been paying more than uh, international users for Australian gas. Mm -hmm. You know, a few years ago, you could get uh, domestic gas, Australian gas, at around about $5 a gigajoule. Now, the ACCC is looking at prices next year for around about $60. Mm. Clearly, some action really needs to be taken about this.
0: Just so I've got this right, gas has a huge impact on our inflation problem. We have heaps of it, but the three big energy giants are exporting it and making huge profits from doing that while also charging more domestically. So tell me, Ian, what can be done to fix this? What would George Bernard Shaw do?
1: Well, you know, if you look to the UK, Boris Johnson, who's not exactly what you would have called a socialist, uh, mm-hmm. the Tory government there introduced a windfall tax on uh, on, on their energy or their, their raw materials, uh, oil and gas producers, to pay for subsidies to businesses and households because of the soaring cost of energy, as so soon as the Ukrainian Ukraine invasion took place. Ones, we I will introduce Trump. a temporary targeted energy profits levy, <laughs> but we have built into the. New- most other countries did similar things throughout Europe. They, they decided that um, domestic users could not cope with the price rises and industry certainly couldn't cope with it. So they all, many of them, uh, decided to subsidise uh, the energy costs of those operations and charged the energy companies for, for, the, for doing so. Now, we, for some reason or other, we shy away from any kind of taxation of these um, resource giants. Uh, It's not the government's intention to apply a windfall tax to the gas companies. Uh, Obviously, we listen respectfully to the views that are put to us from right around the country about the best ways to deal with this combination of of cost-of-living pressures. Now, here, Uh, In Australia, we have what's known as a petroleum resources rent tax. It's been, it was Paul Keating who introduced it back in the, probably in the 90s, I would imagine, or maybe even the, the late 80s. So it's been in operation for a very, very long time. And early on, it did actually raise a bit of cash. But in the past 20 or plus years, it's been an abject failure. Last, for not the financial year that's just ended, but the one before that, it raised $800 million. Uh, sounds like a lot of money. But you hark back to 20 years earlier, to the turn of the century. It raised 1.7 billion back then. Mm. And just as a, an aside, Qatar, which is the second biggest exporter of LNG in the world, we're the biggest. Qatar last year raised uh, $26 billion from its uh, gas operations. We raised 800 million. Mm. So uh, just a vast gulf. And then you look at Norway, which is uh, also a major oil and gas exporter. It is looking at raising two hundred and eight billion dollars last year from its from its gas sales, gas, gas oil and gas sales.
0: Mm, gosh, so, Ian, if the government can collect so much money from these energy giants, do something like Boris Johnson did in the UK, and then give that back to consumers in some way to help Australians out during this rather tough time. Why wouldn't they do that? Why aren't they doing that?
1: Well, I think uh, Jim Chalmers, the treasurer particularly, was uh, he was an advisor to Wayne Swan during that uh, you know really hectic time during the global financial crisis and at a time when they tried to introduce the minerals resources rent tax, you know, otherwise known as the mining tax. Mm-hmm. And the political backlash from that, which was orchestrated by the major mining companies, really damaged the government. Prime Minister's super tax on the mining industry is shaping as a key issue in the lead-up to an election. 11- the mining industry is mounting a major fight against... Weak Canada. in mining, you weaken the country. But that's exactly what the government's new super tax is doing. It wasn't well handled, I guess, by the government at the time. So it's kind of considered to be political poison and that the uh, you know potential for a backlash, political backlash, on, on imposing a new tax would be just too costly from a political point of view. But I'm not sure that that's the case. I mean, natural resources are unique because they're unique for the very reason that they're finite. Once you use them up, they're gone. Mm. And, you know, you have to say, well, who do, the, who do these natural resources belong to? They actually belong to, in, in our case, the citizens of Australia and not just current citizens but future citizens as well and so it is really the responsibility of government to maximize the amount uh, of, of revenue uh, and, and perhaps to even put it aside as a you know in a special fund for a future investment because once it's all used up once it's gone it's the end of it
0: Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. One of the big gas exporters, Shell, made a $14 billion global profit from January to March this year. Almost three times as much as in the same period in 2021. In the UK, the win-for-profit tax on big oil and gas companies is expected to raise £5 billion, or $8.5 billion, in its first year. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Pete. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast.